Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. What is going on everyone and welcome back to my channel. I hope you're all doing well. Now in today's video, I've got one incredible story of revenge for you. A story so unbelievable, so insane, so out there that someone almost ends up getting buried alive. Genuinely, that happens. Let's find out exactly how. Look at this giant hole you dug for yourself. Now watch as I bury you in it. Hello Reddit, long time lurker and commenter, first time posting. This occurred back in the late 90s in Australia, so Aussie terms will be used. I was in my third and final year at uni, studying archaeology. Due to recurring and severe illness in the second semester of my second year, I've been unable to complete several core subjects and had to repeat them. This included an archaeological field school held in the mid-year holidays where you would implement the techniques you had already learned. This field school was compulsory if you wished to enroll in a particular subject, but not everyone studying was headed in that direction. I had successfully completed the previous year's field school, but due to my illness, I was unable to complete the associated course, so I had to retake them both again. This university has a number of campuses dotted around the country, and some overseas. The field school is offered to students on two campuses, the main campus, located north of Capricorn, and one of its offshoots, located even further north of Capricorn. The field schools are held in the area of the main campus, so those participating are required to travel to attend. For some, it's across town, for others, it's several hours in a car. Needless to say, those attending from the sister campus do not do so lightly or cheaply. My lecturer, who we shall call Matt, was a bloody legend. He was a brilliant lecturer, has authored two books, and is still working in the field, albeit at a different university than the one in this story. He knew his stuff. He was easygoing, friendly, he'd sit and share a jug of beer with you on a Friday arvo, and I only ever saw him angry once. Now, this is important for later. Also note that grading went as follows, in descending order. So HD was passed with a high distinction, 85 to 100%. D was passed with distinction, 75 to 84%. C was passed with credit, 65 to 74%. P was just a flat pass, 50 to 64%. PC was passed conceded, 48 to 49%. And N was a fail, under 50%. So then, moving on to the events. Matt and his counterparts at the sister campus have been granted permission to conduct this particular year's field school in a gully adjacent to a historic and protected listed cemetery. This gully actually split the cemetery in two and was used basically as a garbage midden. Due to the nature of the gully, there was only one space permitted for a specified number of dig sites. Groups were to be allocated a site once they arrived on the first day after they had decided on their members. As I was living on campus and had no car, I knew I'd be unable to arrive at the field school at the specified beginning times. I'd be half an hour late on the Friday and Monday mornings and a full hour late on the weekend. I'd spoken to Matt about this and as we knew each other quite well and had shared jugs of beer quite often, he agreed that I would not be penalized for arriving late, but that I'd most likely be allocated a group to make up numbers rather than choose my own. It couldn't be helped, so I agreed. 
This is also important for later. Friday rolls around. I arrive at the site a half hour late, all good, and I'm introduced to my group. There are four of us. Myself, the only female in the group, but experienced in how the field school is run due to my previous year. Gaza, an older, grizzled male geology student who was taking the course just as a matter of interest. Baza, a young male geology student who, by all other indications, was heading towards a lucrative career in the mining sector. And Daza, another young male geology student, good friends with Baza, also heading towards a lucrative career in the mining sector. If you couldn't tell guys, these names are obviously made up and you'll see why they have to be made up and kept secret as we move on with the story. All three of my counterparts, Baza, Gaza, and Daza, were from the sister campus, so they traveled at some expense to attend. They'd already been allocated a dig site, and when introduced, Matt tells them I've got field school experience, so to utilize my knowledge. Baza and Daza smile and nod, giving me a friendly wave. Gaza grunts, but a little later, while surveying our area, we get to chatting. He's a nice enough bloke, just a bit miffed he's been put in a group with a bunch of young idiots, and he was worried he'd be carrying us or keeping us in line. Nah mate, I'm here to get stuff done, get the data I need for next semester, and hopefully enjoy myself as much as I had the previous year. Now, let me tell you, Lara Croft and Indiana Jones have royally effed up the perception of the greater public when it comes to archaeology. No, Jurassic Park doesn't count, as they're paleontologists dealing with animal remains. Archaeology and archaeologists deal with human remains. A lot of what happens on an archaeological dig is repetitive and monotonous. You survey your area using surveying equipment, sketch and take photos of your allocated site before measuring out your 1 meter by 1 meter dig pit. You take more pictures and sketches of the as yet untouched pit, as well as taking an initial soil sample. You scrape off a spit of earth. This is a layer of predetermined depth, in this case, five centimeters. And once done, you test the pH levels of the soil you've removed, documenting everything that you've scraped up. Yep, more photos and sketches before taking even more photos and sketches of the pit and anything that may be lost in there before scraping off yet another spit. If you hit an object, you remove the soil from around it, but you don't actually remove the object until you are removing the layer of soil from beneath it. It must remain in situ to preserve the data. Boring, I know, but this is all very important for later. Also important to note is soil composition in relation to how deep you can safely dig your pits before extending the boundaries to prevent soil contamination or the walls collapsing. Our dig sites had quite loose, sandy soil, so it was announced that every 50 centimeters down, we would have to extend the size of the pit by 50 centimeters on each side. It wasn't anticipated that we'd get much beyond one meter down, definitely not further than one and a half meters, so we'd only need to expand once, possibly twice. This was how they had divvied up the entire site to fit us all in. It became very clear that neither Baza or Daza had anticipated how monotonous the next four days were going to be. Both Gaza and I had to repeatedly call them over to assist us with surveying. And when it came to the soil scraping, they were excited at first, but then became bored as we had to yet again record every minute detail. As I was the only one who had thought to bring my camera along, it was one that required actual film, as this was before inexpensive digital cameras, smartphones were at least 10 years away, and I was a Povo Uni student, I was the one responsible for taking photos. This included candid shots of the entire field school, other groups, the lecturers, and our dig sites. Day one of the field school ends, and we all head back to wherever for the night, to kick back, relax, and prepare for another day of toil. 
The next morning, Saturday, I arrive at the field school one hour late, so at 10 a.m., as per the bus schedule. Seeing as how I'd already had this okayed by Matt, I'm not anticipating any issues with my tardiness. I get to the cemetery and seeing Matt, give him a cheery, morning Matt. All good, yeah? Matt turns though and glowers at me. I mean, if looks could kill, I'd be right at home in that cemetery with all the other dead people. You know how I mentioned earlier how easygoing and laid back Matt is and that I've only ever seen him angry once before? Well, this was that time. Matt was pacing, teeth grinding, fist clenched. He was fuming. Just get to your group and get to work. Matt practically snarled at me. I'm worried now that he's angry at me for being late, even though we'd previously squared it. I'm nervous and worried because we'd had a really good report in the past, and now I'm thinking that I've done something that's going to make my last semester at uni hell on earth. Have I done something wrong? I know I was late, but but like I told you before the field school, this was the first bus I could get out here. Like, I'm really sorry if that's a problem. Matt sighs and shook his head. No, OP, it's not you. You've done nothing wrong. I just can't deal with it right now. So just go to your dig site and get on with it. I'll talk to you later. I head to my dig sites and what I find there almost has me in tears. When we packed up the previous day, our pit was one meter by one meter square with a depth of 30 centimeters. I now stand before a one meter by one meter hole in the ground, dug down to a depth of approximately three meters. There are mounds of sandy dirt surrounding our pits, and I can see a multitude of objects that have been excavated just sitting there. Other groups are staring at us, but trying to look as though they're not staring. Nobody will speak to us either. Gaza is livid. The dude is almost apoplectic. Baza and Gaza are both looking very pale and like they want to puke. I'm all, whatever the loving F has happened here. Who the F did this? It turns out that after everyone had left the site on the Friday night, Baza and Daza, and another mate of theirs in another group, we'll call him Keza, got together and got on the alcohol. It was during this that they decided to continue digging our pit. So they broke into the cemetery with a shovel and proceeded to dig down until one of them passed out absolutely trashed at the bottom of a one meter by one meter hole in loose sandy soil. The fact that the dude managed to wake up and make it out of the hole without the entire thing collapsing in on him is a miracle in itself. Matt had been called out to the site at 3 a.m. by the police who'd been called because one of the residents in the area saw something dodgy going on. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Needless to say, Baza, Daza, and Keza were all up Poops Creek in a barbed wire canoe with a rusty teaspoon for a paddle. They couldn't leave until they'd sobered up, but had been told that, in no uncertain terms, after the field school finished that day, they were to pack up and F off. Matt and his counterparts would deal with booting them from the archaeological program on the Tuesday, after the field school ended. This left Gaza and I in a foobar situation. Luckily for him, Gaza was able to join the group that Keza had been part of, especially since the group were all from the sister campus. I, on the other hand, was left hanging like an unwanted tampon string out of the gusset of a bikini. 
there were no other groups that could take me and besides something had to be done about the cluster f that was my dig sites so saturday ended up with me trying to document whatever i could and to keep Baza and Daza out of my hair, I gave them my camera and told them to take photographic documentation of every single piece of evidence that they had dug up. They had to use the scale measurements and a title board that was supposed to identify the item by date, location, spit level, etc. So off they went with a miniature whiteboard, whiteboard marker, scale measurements, and my camera. This kept them occupied for most of the day as they were in excess of 200 items that they'd unearthed in their drunken dig for buried whatever the f they were looking for i ended up filling in that hole wishing with every shovel of soil that baza and daza were still passed out drunk at the bottom but such is life Matt ended up taking me to another group in the observational role as the members of that group were all from my campus and would be in the same second semester class as me. So then, moving on to the revenge, the moment you've all been waiting for, what happens next? Now, as I previously mentioned, the field school was linked to another class held during the second semester. This class essentially took all of the data and evidence that had been unearthed during the field school and you examined, tested, collated, and then submitted a report based on those findings as your final assessment piece. Seeing as I had only one day's worth of actual data and evidence, I could not submit the field school report as required. As this was a core class and I didn't want to have to retake it for a third year, I approached Matt to talk about how we could rectify this into a situation where I'd be able to pass and continue with my studies. After some discussion, Matt agreed to allow me to do a field school critique using what had happened to me as essentially a how-to on how not to conduct or participate in a field school. I had the data from the first day to use in the class and then the photos and sketches taken by myself and the dodgy brothers, Baza and Daza, of the objects we'd excavated. After developing the film of the field school, I noticed some interesting things. The candid photos I took on the Friday included shots of Baza and Daza not only behaving inappropriately, but interfering with the equipment we were using, and therefore possibly contaminating the data we'd legitimately acquired. They were also shown to be in areas that we weren't allowed to be in, touching things that didn't belong to them, and also damaging ornaments left on some of the historic graves closest to the dig sites. Then there were the photos that they had taken on the Saturday. They'd apparently decided that because I wasn't overjoyed by the fact that they completely screwed me over by digging that hole. They'd make the only photographs of the artifacts they'd unearthed unusable by writing inappropriate comments and cursing and slurs towards me on the title boards. One of the ones that has stuck in my head was a large clay slash ceramic clam decoration on which they'd written, oh, I do love a day beside the seaside with a hairy clam. This was the only photo of the clam that had been taken. When we filled the pits back in, we had to re-enter the artifacts, so I couldn't just take a new picture. Also, over 200 pieces had been unearthed, remember? And Matt had told me to use everything I gathered to write my report, so I did. I used every single photo, including the ones that said I was a blank, not in the friendly way that most Aussies use the term, and that alluded to wishing sexual violence on me. At the end of the semester, I submitted my reports, knowing full well that the best I could hope for was a pass, but that was enough to get me through to my final year. And now for the final section, the fallouts. I found this out from Matt at the beginning of my final year at uni. 
So it turns out that when Matt had booted the Dodgy brothers from the archaeological program, they'd been allowed to continue on with their degree, studying geology. But they were not allowed to have anything to do with archaeology, and they were on very thin ice. When I submitted my reports, and Matt saw the extent of what they had done, kindly documented by themselves on the most part, and just how badly they had screwed me over, Gaza was fine by the way, as the group he'd been moved to had all the appropriate data, and had been able to submit a proper field report, Matt went ballistic. He called a meeting with the deans from both campuses, the Department of Tropical Environments and Societies, the Geology Department, and the Department of Anthropology, Archaeology, and Society, the Archaeology Department, for both campuses. He presented to them my field report, told them about how he'd been teaching me for the past three years, and had it not been for the illness affecting me during my second year, how I would have likely completed my degree by this point. He also spoke about my previous field school, my behavior, and that had I not been forced to withdraw due to my health and based on previous work I'd submitted, I would have likely received a D or even an HD on my work. The fact that I averaged C and D during the time I was ill showed my academic prowess. The fact that the only grade he was able to give me for the report he currently had in his possession was a PC was a blow to my academic record that was wholly undeserved. He said a lot of other things, but the end result was that Baza and Daza were not only expelled from the archaeological program, they were now booted from the geological one as well. Furthermore, they were expelled and blackbanned or blacklisted from the university itself, which meant they could never re-enroll and any other universities they applied to would be able to see this and the reasons why. Essentially, they were blocked from being able to obtain any university degree in that area and to enroll in any university for a different career, they would have to wade through oceans of bureaucratic red tape and jump through so many hoops they'd make the Duracell bunny jealous. Unfortunately, this experience soured me on archaeology as a career path. Luckily for me though, I was able to pick up a couple of extra courses in history and English and I graduated with a BA with a major in English literature and a minor in history and archaeology. I went back to uni after a gap year and obtained my grad dip in secondary education. And there we go, guys. That is the end of that revenge story. A very long, detailed one. The revenge was definitely good, but to be fair, OP didn't really do anything that they weren't asked, right? I mean, they were asked to submit all the different photos they had, not leave anything out, and just they were asked to submit every single photo they'd taken, literally all 200, not editing them at all, not retaking photos. And yes, they had been, you know, defaced, and there were some insults written by some of the some of the brothers. Bazar and Gaza, was it? Bazar and Daza, I'm not sure. Someone with a name that rhymes with Azza. Um, and you know what? I think you did the right thing by, by you know, just giving them in as, as they were. What could you have done? You know, if you'd like tried to rub off the, the markings or the words or the hate that was on it, who would you really be helping? Only Baza and Daza. Not yourself, not the project that had already been ruined, by the way, by these drunken idiots. So I think you were well within your rights to just say, you know what? Yes, they've been defaced and yes, I'm getting insulted here, but let's just hand these in as they are. I guess this story shows as well the benefit of, of being a good student in general and having a good rapport with your teacher or your lecturer. I mean, in this case, say you had not been attending lectures or, you know, going to seminars or going to practical days like this and this had happened, I think your teacher, Matt, would be way less likely to be on your side and say to the deans, look, this is very, very out of character. This doesn't normally happen. Clearly, it's not OP's fault. Let's just let, let them redo it and, you know, get a better mark like what happened. And yeah, you did well to, to graduate with with a with a very good uh, a very good degree so yeah overall well done it is a shame though, that it's kind of like putting you off archaeology because it sounds like you're really into it and a couple idiots 
digging three meters down because they were absolutely smashed. <laughs> it's kind of funny, but I get why it would annoy you if I'm going to be honest. So um, yeah, I can't say I've never done anything like stupid like that in my life or when doing some sort of experiment in school, not bantered around a bit. But this is uni, man, and it's probably like very important for your final grade. So to be digging really far down when you've absolutely smashed on alcohol, I don't know. Honestly, the more I say it, the more funny it gets. Sorry. Anyway, guys, that is going to do it for this episode of r slash pro revenge. Really hope you enjoyed it. If you did and you want more from me, especially revenge stories, boom. Check out this playlist of all my revenge content right there for you to go through and enjoy. If you're new to the channel, click this button. Click it. Turn notifications on. Subscribe. I post it daily if you're new and you didn't know that. Um, and if you want to see my videos daily and be notified, that's the best thing to do. So with that being said, I'll see you all tomorrow with a brand new video. Take care. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.